podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Attention Social Security and SSI recipients. If you did not receive an economic impact payment for your eligible spouse or dependents, you may need to file a 2020 tax return with the IRS and claim the recovery rebate credit. Go to ssa.gov slash EIP to see if you need to file a tax return and if eligible for other refundable tax credits, like the child tax credit. That's ssa.gov slash EIP. Produced at U.S. taxpayer expense. Ese último McNugget me toca a mí porque soy la mayor. ¿Y eso qué tiene que ver? Los mayores se respetan. Eso no existe, ¿cierto, mamá? Ya, yeah. quédense tranquilas. Aquí hay otra cajita de McNuggets. Respeto, ¿viste? El no hay rivalidad cuando hay McNuggets deal. Hay un deal para cada salida familiar en McDonald's. Compra uno de tus favoritos, como unos McNuggets de 10 piezas, una Big Mac, una Quarter Pounder with Cheese o un Fileo Fish y te llevas otro por un dólar. Por tiempo limitado, precios y participación pueden variar válido para un producto de igual o menor valor. Hello, good evening and welcome to the Fatback Four Daily for this Sunday night. Liverpool are champions of the world. I don't think I need to say any more than that, but Keith and Chris have joined me tonight and we'll have a nice little chat about it. About the game itself, what it means, how historic it is, and then of course we have three massive games coming up between now and New Year's Day. We get stuck into the whole lot, so look, here we go. <laughs> Hello, good evening and welcome. And yeah, Liverpool, look, top of the world, top of the tree. Ah, listen, what can you say? It's absolutely amazing. I've just unmuted the two lads so they can now talk um, because I made an absolute mess of this podcast the other night and a couple of lads, Keith in particular, he's a cheeky fuck, um, has not let me away with it. So here we go. Keith, I'll come to you first. Liverpool, champions of the world. Unbelievable. Ah, feels great, doesn't it? Top of the world. Um Hard fought win now we have to say. Hard fought but feels great being the world champs. You don't get to say it every year. Although, you know, might be a pattern that was starting, so who knows? It was it's just it's just you know what, I was going into this Keith and I said it from the start, if we win it we win it, if we don't we don't. One of those. I just want to come back with no injuries. Now it looks like Chamberlain's picked up an injury and we'll get to that later, but as the game wore on there yesterday, I thought, do you know what? Now I really want to do this now because I could see the, do you know what I could see? I could see stuff, people like Everton fans going, we've signed, we've got Ancelotti today and they've made a mess of this and stuff like that. So, yeah. you know, it, it, it kind of grew on me as the day went on. Um, but a brilliant achievement and an achievement Liverpool have never, never got yeah. before. You know, it's, it's brilliant, isn't it? It is brilliant. And it's, it's, it, the, you could see in the players how much it meant to them. You know, that I've said it before, there's been a snobbiness to this competition in the UK and in the media and amongst other fans. And you could see the players were mad for that tournament yesterday. You could see the celebrations. We all saw the Twitter and Instagram videos and all that. You know, you could see what it meant to them and they didn't take a lightly. You know what I mean? It was a very, very two tough games and they, they done well. And as you say, the key, get out without too many injuries, not too overworked. You know, we'll see what the impact is when we play Leicester next week. But all in all, yeah. Successful trip. Yeah, absolutely, hugely, hugely successful trip. Chris, what camp were you in? Did you really want to win it, regardless, or were you a little bit, was a little bit of trepidation there where, you know, it's, oh, yeah, okay, we win it, but I want to just get back in into this Premier League and not have any, any issues going into that, you know, starting with Leicester on, on, on the 26th? Uh, I really wanted to win it. Okay. Because I've never, because we've never won it before. And for the, probably the first time, in fact, it's the first time in my lifetime, I can, it's something where you can talk to your dad or your granddad going, do you remember the first time Liverpool won that? Oh yeah, I saw it. Because yeah. FNL, everyone you speak to, like your, your granddad, your uncles, your dads, they've seen, they've seen it all before in different guises, but they've seen you do it before. So this is the first time we could all say as fans, it's not talking about the 80s, it's not talking about the 70s, it is. We all saw Liverpool win this competition, which we've never won before. And yeah, there is a lot of snobbery around it, but I mean, I know he's not a popular person on this podcast, but even Alex Fergus, when he won it, said people don't think of it now. Said this will be this will be regarded as a big thing to win. Even he knew at some point this was going to be one of the big things to win. And I think it. I think it's one of those tools that in a couple of years' time is going to get more prestige. 
ultimately, I know people say you play two games, but you've got one of the bloody Champions League to get into it. Mm. So, you know, there's a certain level of club you've got to play to get into it. And, you know, Fleming, Flamengo, sorry, were really, really good. Yeah, like, excellent, 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 excellent dark arts as well. Yeah. And I thought we roasted that as well. Kev O'Sullivan yeah. says you can you can see how much it meant to Flamengo's players and fans. They travelled twenty two hours in huge numbers. They were a good side. They were a good side, and I suppose you know Keats talks there about the snobbery towards the competition. I wasn't being snobby about the competition. I just have competitions in order of importance for me, and basically it's the Premier League, and the rest of them can piss off. That's the way I am. Yeah. Um, just because of the position we're in. Now, don't get me wrong. If we were to turn and get into what is it, late January, early February, and we have a 15, 16, 20 point lead in the Premier League, the Champions League will then come right into focus. But, you know, I, I think you're right. In Europe, it's kind of, I can, people can take it or leave it, but it's massive for the South Americans, absolutely huge. Um, you know, look, there's loads of comments coming in here. I will keep up with them as best I could. Chris Pross says the, the officials were dreadful. Um, you know, just, I'll get on to that as well. Uh, Wacker Hussein says, uh, Hendo and Gomez were class. We get through all the players as we go as well. But Keith, coming to you first, he puts out as strong a side as he possibly can, and, and that shows how important he, uh, Klopp felt it to be when it came to this competition. Again, you know, Van Dijk, there was illness during the week. There was Willy Wonty, Willy Wonty, but he was always going to play, wasn't he, if Klopp was taking this in any way serious? Oh yeah, once he's fit, once he's fit, if, if he hadn't, it would have been the signal, wouldn't it? If he hadn't have playing, then you'd know Roy really how serious we're treating it, you know, or not treating it, you know what I mean? Like if he was kept out with a, a bit of a sickness, you know what I mean? Mm. The fact he's in there full strength, and you could see it, the, the intensity was there from the very first minute in that, the final, you know, right, the Flamengo got into it as the game went on, but we were bang up to that from the very first minute. And um, yeah, you could tell by the strength of the team that went out, it was always going to be straight at it. Yeah, no. which you know we needed to, you know, because after the the Monterey game, alright, that was a patched up side. It was a tough game, but you take into consideration we'd only arrived there um, not long after playing all that sort of stuff. You know, both teams, Flamengo as well in their semi final, were in the same boat. But in the final, both teams were very good now, I have to say. Very good game. Yeah, they stepped up a level. I think both teams, not, not that they took the other sides lightly, but they, they looked at it as a precursor to the final, you know, and I know yeah. that sounds like a very, you know, obvious thing to say, but they did, you know, if, if the final was category A because who we are playing and, and what it means, this was probably category B or C, even though it was a semi-final, it was dropped a couple of levels and you could see that in, in Liverpool's team selection, I suppose, but you, you know, Chris, when you when it comes down when we start the game, Firmino has a brilliant chance, doesn't he? Early on, and you're thinking, not that it'd be, oh, could it be one of those nights? It was just, did it come a little bit too early? If we are five, six, ten minutes into that game and that drops, does he bury you a little bit cold, maybe? Possibly, yeah. I mean, he's still in front of goal. He's not quite, quite back to his sharpness. The one thing I like about Firmino at the moment is, for all the stick he's getting, and I think some of it's a bit over the top, is he's not hiding ever. As in, that shot he had, he missed two good chances, didn't take them. And then even for the third, he does what Firmino does. Is, I'll take my touch, I'll take it around the keeper, and then I'll slot it. Yeah. So, yeah, it probably maybe did come to a bit too quick. I mean, I still think he should he should do better with what he did. Uh, same with the Cater chance a minute later. I thought he should do better with them. But you always feel Liverpool, it's not like two or three years ago where you think, well, if we don't score early, that's it, we're done for. Mm. Yeah, Kev says, Kev says he doesn't buy the illness more likely a few days rest there was a talk of an illness Kev uh, genuinely there was a talk at the start of, um, you know when they got over there there was a talk of the illness uh, Stephen Max says worst ref in, in the history of football and he also asked where is Grizz Grizz was due to be on the show but um, had to head off uh, some personal things that he had to take care of and that's absolutely fine it's Christmas and you know when people are are, are, are not available that's absolutely fine um, any news on Ox says North Red um, I haven't had any updates Chris any updates on, on Oxlade Chamber all he's put on Instagram is um, sorry my ankle went roly-poly hopefully it'll be okay smiley face oh, so, well then. he's crying so he's it, it, so sort of like going I think it's one of those I don't think it's as bad as, as he first thought I must admit when he was banging the floor mm. my initial reaction was shit that's his knee again He's done yeah, he thought the exact same thing. It sounds horrible, but you know, as soon as he did did the replay and he saw his, his ankle went like at right angle, there was a part where, oh, thank Christ, it's not his knee. Yeah, yeah, and it could I be a sprained angle or something I, like that. Yeah, and I don't know whether, whether his reac- reaction is not is. I'm hoping it's more of a, 
oh for fuck's sake I'm injured again oh and stop me knee is it and it's always like it looked like the the uh, physio's calming him down they're going like you know calm calm it's your ankle it's alright you know can you stand with it I think he I think he probably gives up a little bit of fear which is perfectly understandable the lad's had a horrific injury to come back from so the hope is it's it's more of a sprain than a any ligament damage but it doesn't look too clever unfortunately for him and I felt sorry for him because it's um he just doesn't he hasn't quite caught a break at the, at the moment with uh, these very awful injuries he keeps picking up yeah all Neil says he reckons he'll be out for a month look if we if we can get through this period you know especially up to say everything in the man. FA Cup and we can start getting Fabinho Matip Lovren and Oxley Chamberlain coming back into the squad it'll give us a big boost as well we just need to focus and, and I suppose just manage these next three league games anyway and then look where we are I have a feeling we're going to just throw the FA Cup and I don't care if it's everything or not I have a feeling we're yeah. going to throw it uh, just, uh, Maverick says there uh, I hope people stop um, slagging off Joe Gomez he's 22 years of age and he's he's a class apart from most defenders of his age it's do you know something Keith and I won't go through the game chronologically and we'll pick out little bits as we go but this has fallen I said this in our WhatsApp group earlier Keith I have a feeling this has fallen lovely for Joe Gomez he's not being brought into this he's being brought into the side because there is injuries but it's not like injuries where it's Lovren could be back on Saturday or Matip might be back it looks yeah. like them two are out and he literally has a, a decent length of time to get into this team and assert himself in it again. And that might be good for his, you know, him in his own mind that I'm not just in here this week, I can really work on something here because it's night and day between him and right back and centre half, isn't it? Ah, 100%. And I agree with you. It has come at a great time for him because he does need, his confidence was being so low. Not really even through any fault of his own. The whole thing with Sterling with the England setup and all that came at a, a terrible time for us and for him, you know. But this... As you said, Lovren and, and Matip, they don't recover too quickly from injuries either, you know what I mean? So he does have a chance to, to cement this place. And him and Van Dijk are a great partnership when he plays at the back. The pace, the recovery, you know what I mean? He's yeah. seen a couple of blocks that he put in there yesterday. And uh, yeah, it could be a blessing in the skies nearly for us. Yeah, I t- I, he was my man of the match yesterday, Joe Gomez. But, you know, I'll, I'll ask you later. I, t- I think I just haven't mentioned the man of the match because... What I have noticed about him in the last couple of games, and it's it's something that's gone out of his game over the last couple of games, and it's not being sold on on a ball where he's trying to be too progressive and he's trying to be too front foot. He's picked his moments to intercept. He's picked his moments to stand players up. He's picked his moments to win headers. He's picked moments to stand off. He's he's managing his game a lot better, and that's got better and better and better ever since he's got that chance away to Bournemouth, I think it was, when Lovren went off in, in the first instance. Um, and he's been excellent since. He, he has excellent. been excellent, and I've said it. Don't play him at right back because he's not a right back. Play him at centre half, but you need to pick the games to put him in. But this might have felt absolutely lovely for him because it's just a little, yeah. it's going to be, you're probably looking at another block of four to six games now where nobody's going to challenge him for that spot. And you can literally go, listen, I've played eight games and we've won all eight and we've conceded nothing and me and Van Dijk are brilliant. And I know Van Dijk loves him. I know we love And him. it's what Matip done last season as well. Matip yeah, yeah. came into the team, um, and just kept the place all the way through. Do you know what I mean? So it, it, it's the thing with Liverpool and it is good with Klopp. It is a meritocracy thing. You know, when you yeah. get in there, if you don't let him down, you'll stay and enjoy that. Yeah. You, you don't let him down and you'll stay in that team. You'll keep that jersey. And you know, that's when you're in the team, like it must be a great thing to know. Do you know what I mean? Like you, we've seen it before with players that they can be trying and they'll do well and they're not getting near the team. You know, when that Rafa and that, those players that, Probably felt he never got a fair crack in a week, with no matter what he done. Mm. But on that clock, you know, if you go in, if you put the effort in, when we see Lalana is still getting game time, you know, because he puts the effort in in training, and when he comes in, despite what fans might think, he doesn't let Klopp down. You know what yeah. I mean? Klopp gives him instructions, and he follows it through. So, no, great way to walk. It is a great way to walk, and and as I said, even though we're having injuries, if we can get players coming in and just being at the right level. And, and continuing to build themselves up where they're, they're, if you have 18 players that believe they should be in that side, you know, you might, you'll always get 13, 14 to believe that, and you might get four 
others that are on the bench going, well, I'm kind of a sub, you know, that way. But if you can get 18 that believe that they want to be and should be in this side, it only breeds confidence, it only breeds competition. And again, the levels just go up and up. Kevo Sullivan says he doesn't think Matip and Lovren are miles away. Uh, Gomez, knowing he's playing for X number of weeks, probably settled his nerves. I absolutely agree with that point. Uh, let me see. Danny says, fully agree, man of the match, Hendo. Best game for Gomez in 12 months. Um, Kate grew into the game. That's another player, Chris, that he's come into the side. There's a lot made over Kate. You know, you have to be on one side or the other. That's just the way it goes, um, social media wise. But he's grown, hasn't he? And again, just knowing that he's going to be in that side and for the majority of it when Fabinho's out injured, he looks to be coming on as well, doesn't he? I thought that's his most uh, balanced performance. I think we've seen the uh, the flashes like at Bournemouth and Monterey a little bit of um, what he can do going forward. You know, he's got goals. We've seen him do it against um, Genk. You know, that's what he can do. We all know that side of his game. This is probably the first game in a while where I thought, he gave a real balance with Henderson where he picked his moments to go. Uh, my big criticism of Cater has always been sometimes a little bit off the ball. I don't know if he, he's, he presses at the right time and, you know, it's getting used to the system. Uh, but I thought that he was, that was the most complete performance I've seen from him. So I was, um, more encouraged by that than the previous performance we've seen. Uh, my only slight nitpick of, with Liverpool, and I think the final was more of a needs must because of who was fit. Mm. I personally don't think Chamberlain and Cater in the central field works. I think it leaves us. I think we're too imbalanced off the ball. And um, every time we played with those three together, it always feels like the DMs very heavily worked. I mean, Cater actually thought is it, is it, better there. Is it an imbalance with the way we play, or is it for me when I look at it, there's an imbalance there with two players that for me aren't the best tactically when it comes to defence defending. And when you put when you double that up with both of them, I think it, it leaves us it leaves us a bit stretched at times. Yeah, that's why most people dislike the genie situation or the Hendo, you know, the Brexit midfield, whatever you want mm. to call it. Is they give you balance, they give you cover, and that's the reason why Robertson and Trent look so much better. Robertson and Trent didn't get forward as much in this final as they do in most games. Uh, my gut feeling is generally you have to have <coughs> two two of Fabinho, H- Henderson, Wijnaldum in, in your midfield. And then, they're not luxury players, but the more slightly more advanced going forward players is one of Chamberlain and Cater. And I think it's a bit of a horses for courses. I think Cater gives you more balance and has got a really good relationship with Salah. But I think, uh, sorry, Cater gives you more balance because he's got a good relationship with Salah. I, th- I think Oxley Chamberlain will give you an X factor in terms of he can score a goal from 30, 40 yards that you're not expecting. Yeah, no. I think. And I think that's that's the balance of that. It's a, it, it's, honest, it's a lovely problem to have. It is a lovely problem to have, and it's probably a bit of needs must at the moment because of yes. players that are available. Putting Henderson back into the six, you know, I'm a fan of, of Wijnaldum there, but Wijnaldum's obviously injured, so we'll have to wait and see what they do. But I suppose putting Henderson... I'd like to see Wijnaldum there, and I'd like to see Henderson back in his normal position and then pick one of Kate or, or Chamberlain. That's I, just the way I am. Um, yeah, I don't think... I don't think uh, I don't think uh, anyone's playing the six now until Fabinho's back, other than Henderson. Yeah, I think it looks it looks like he's nailed that colours to the mass. I mean, look, fair play to Henderson. The difference from Henderson from two years ago and the six now is I think he's probably partly because he's played more attacking a bit more over the last twelve months. Mm. But he, he, as all fo- clever footballers do, I think he's learnt about Fabinho is that yeah, I can play as a six, but I can still get forward at the right opportunities, and you're starting to see that. And I think Henderson's starting to trust his game again. Because he's starting to do the more progressive passes that he's always had in his game. He, I think he had this thing in his head that if he's a six, you have to block it, keep it simple, keep it square. Mm. And you don't. If yeah. you can see the pass, you, t- you take it on. And I think he's finally got used to that idea of, you know, like all players progress, all players develop. He's just realised, well, I know how to punch the through balls that I can punch through. I'm still going to do it. I'm just doing it from a slightly better angle or slightly deeper angle. Yeah. There's there's loads of questions coming in here about where Minamino will fit in. You know, what about what do we think if we get to the end of the year unbeaten and stuff like that? I will get to that when when we finish off with this game because I do want to look at, you know, I suppose the next couple of games leading us up to the new year. I do want to look at Minamino coming in. So I promise I'm not ignoring your comments. I'm trying to keep them in mind when I get to uh, later on in the podcast. But just on, on, on the... Last few bits on the game itself. There's two. There's two things, right? Uh, Keith, I come to you first on this one. Uh, Firmino gets the winner. 
Um, you know, there's a couple of mentions. I, I, I was going to go through the likes of Allison was really good. We, we've touched on Gomez and stuff like that, but uh, Firmino gets the winner. And this time last week, we were having a little discussion about, you know, I suppose Firmino is he gone off the boil? Does he need a rest? Minamino coming in will be good. And he's just kind of turned around and said, no, no, I'm Grant. I'll just score a last-minute winner in the in the semi-final, and then I'll go and score the winner in the final. All's good. Yeah, and he also had the chance to hit the post as well. Now, I know it was a bit of a scuffed effort, but um, the little flick over the defender was excellent as well, you know. I think um, I said it last week, I've, he's just tired, I think, you know what I mean? And if they can give him a rest... He's still having moments, even though he's not scoring goals. In the derby, like he put Mason Holgate on his arse when he set up the fourth goal. You know what I mean? Like he's still having his little moments in games. But if he can start getting a few goals, it'll get the the doubters off his back because <laughs> yeah. I think he's excellent. You know, I'm a huge fan of you know, and I think I know everyone says, "Oh, he's the system. He's the system. He is the system." You know, all his work allows the others to get forward and to. You know, the presses from the, put, puts them under pressure from, you know, as soon as they're getting the ball. I think he's just so underrated. But it's good to see him getting the goals. It's good that he's come back from this trip now and it's like, really, I've got the, the, the winning goals in the two games. Do yeah. you know what I mean? Puff his chest out, get the head up, great. Do you know what I mean? And it, yeah. it puts a bit of doubt that the fans might have had, which is what we're doing all the time. You know what I mean? You have a little doubt about something. They're not quick about, or they're not uh, too long about starting it out. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like, oh, Salah's off form. Next thing you know, Salah's banging in goals. I oh, can't score with his right foot. Yeah, all right, there's three, three buttes with the right foot. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Every little niggle, niggly question, and that's the stage we're at now, you know? The, the little things, it's only little things we can moan about. Yeah, no, it is. It's, it's, I suppose, and we always go back to this, the Liverpool fans and their outlook and stuff like that has been damaged, um, over the last 40 years, you know? Um, Broken up, I suppose, by a, you know a couple of European cups thrown in there. You know, winning three trophies in two thousand and one. There's an FA Cup thrown in two thousand and six, but there always is those niggles, and we be the first one to look and go, "Oh, we need to do something there." And we can probably go over the top of it because yeah. in normal, like put it this way, Keith, in a year's time. Um, Firmino goes off the boil for five games, but we're champions of Europe, we're champions of England, we're champions of the world. We kind of go, he'd be grand. Stick someone else in there, he'd be alright. But right now we're kind of going, no, this needs to be right. It needs to be fucking 110% from now till May 17th. And that's the end of it. You know, that kind of way. So it probably is an outlook and we probably go over the top a little bit with it. Uh, we could be 26 points clear with two games to go and people will still be panicking that we're oh, somehow yeah. going to make balls of it. Do you know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, like, so, absolutely. So I think, as you say, that's just in us. You know what I mean? And it's, something that we have to get over as a fan base because you see the I think it's being torn slowly though oh it is think, but still that's what I was going to say there's still that minority that I sort of you know looking to moan about everything looking to pick holes and everything and it's like listen lads it's a great time to be alive now you know what I mean it's a great time to be a red yeah I think until we win the big one which is the one we all want to win we're always going to have that because unfortunately even I have it, and I try to be fairly possible at Liverpool, but you always can't help that inner voice, the little fear. Because unfortunately, uh, and me and Gav have talked about it before, I said, it sounds daft there, but you've been hurt by Liverpool in the past. It's not their fault, oh. it's just the way, the way it is. And it's very hard to not turn that little voice off now and again in your head. But most sensible people don't need to propose it on social media every 30 seconds. Yeah. Jer Cahill, um, <laughs> has the right idea. He just says, 14 more wins. If you ever have any doubt about Liverpool at the moment, just remember 14. 14 is the number until we win our next one. And then just keep counting 18. down. Keep counting 18. down. You want 18 for different reasons. But 14 does it. Mine are more important though. No, they're not. I want to they win are. the league. You just want to win mad, mad amount of points. Um, I want to win the league and have, and have the banter on it. Yeah, I know. You want you want the extra bits <laughs> thrown in. Yeah, but, but 14 is the number. And just keep counting them down, lads. And, and when it turns around to the end of January and you're going, we only need eight, then you go, well, this is grand. You know what I mean? Uh, Megan says January is a ma- massive month for us. It is a massive month um, with, with, the, with the teams we're coming up against. But I was looking at something today, and I know it was that I think we play United and Spurs early enough in January. And with the way United are, and the way Spurs are, I have a feeling you have two managers there that are going to run their teams into the fucking ground over Christmas because it's needs must for them. And we'll pick them. We'll get them at a nice time in January. Just just remember that. I, I Just watching them two today, I just thought that they have no room for error. And 
they may try rotate, but they, have they got the option to? Have they got the leeway to? I'm not too sure. But the last thing on the game, Chris, I'll stay with you. Um, Andy Robertson, bit, a lot of talk over Andy Robertson, right? <laughs> so basically, uh, basically, uh, I I'm not going to go on to the referee because it was a fucking joke. Uh, the only thing I will say it was a joke. He's man is taken down, and the only thing is is. If it's in the box, it's a yellow and it's a, it's a penalty. If it's outside the box, it's a red card and a free kick. Right? That's the only thing you should be mm-hmm. looking at. And he goes off and we end up with the drop ball. It's, it's farcical, right? So I'm not going to get into it because I end up going down the VAR route and I end up getting very upset. I think it's, I think it's more farcical by FIFA is this is your world club final. This, this is the thing you, you really, you mm. have to really push in this. They're going to build it up. Hmm. So why'd you put a 32 year old in charge? Not only that, you should, it. you should have the fella that referees a World Cup final doing it. Yeah, get the best one you can get. Now, if you don't want to, you know, if you, if you don't want a European or a South American referee for worries of bias, then find the best referee you can find from the other cousins, because it certainly wasn't that fella. Hmm. So I thought, yeah, now we've won it. I do feel a bit sorry for him because it's not his fault he got picked. Yeah, I know, but he still went to that screen and came up with that r- rule. So, look, uh, Jerry Carl reckons he was on work experience. That's not a bad show. Um, but the last thing, I'll, and I want to get on to Andy Robertson, the last thing on the game, right? Um, it, so, basically, the, the stuff's going on with Rafinha. You see Andy Robertson basically telling Manny, you don't worry about it, I'll sort him out. And then he charges into him a couple of minutes uh, into extra time, I think it was, yeah. And, you know, it, it's it's one of those where... I think it's brilliant, you know. And do you know what's got to me? I'm looking, at, I'm looking, I'm looking at fans of opposition teams, and they're saying, "Oh, well, if that was the other way around, the Scousers would want to fucking protest, and they'd want a petition to the government and all this sort of shit." And I kind of go, "No, hold on." The, the stuff that was thrown at Liverpool for year on year on year, going back as many years as you like, was yeah, they were pretty to watch at times. Yeah, they could hold on to the ball. Yeah, they could score goals, but they never had this this mental state that they went into where I'm going to fight for that fella, that fella beside me. All the other ten in the team, I'm going to fight for every single one of them right to the death. Okay, and nobody is going to stand over me and you know intimidate me. And now because we have these players in the team, other teams that threw that at us. And other fans of other teams that threw that arrows don't seem to like it now. It's a strange one, isn't it? It's a soft, un- it's a soft underbelly we used to have. It was always the thing was, uh, it's the thing Arsenal got now is, you can bully Arsenal. And yeah. you know you can bully Arsenal. Whereas now, there aren't many Liverpool, we, we used to know under Rafa, under Kenny, there were certain players we knew, do you know if you rattled them? Mm. Or if someone left, left, not, not, not break legs, not, nothing horrible, like Robster did to Holgate. Where he just left his arm on his shoulder, mm. pushed it down a little bit, because he knows well, Holgate's head will go now. And you can see him smile and he goes, I've rattled it. Oh, it was on Davis, uh, but Holgate was there, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. yeah. But everyone know everyone there's certain players you just know. If I just leave if I just wind up a little bit, his head will go. And I mean Andy at the moment seems to be the best one. I mean the gift from the semi fast is the funniest yeah. thing I've seen. Yeah. Um but he's he's he but we've got a few players that are, on the quiet and he gets away with it more because he's a very happy, smiley chap. Uh, Manny's one of the snidiest fellas we've got. Yeah, he is brilliant at the snide stuff. Yeah. Henderson's built that into his game a lot better. I think he's learnt a bit of Fabino. Fabino's got good at it. They're all starting to get to the point where you're thinking, I think it's a clock confidence thing, which is like, why should we be intimidated by you? You know, Rafinha. Oh, you got me play. You got me mate. But that's fine. Deal with me. Yeah. And, and that was hilarious, like that. He's he's on his way off, and Amane's on his way off, and Andy's in to say, "Don't worry, don't worry, I'll sort him out." Seven minutes later, smashed off the ball. Brilliant. Because for long enough, Man United have had like uh, Herrera for years, and I used to watch Herrera playing for them. And I'm like, I hate that bastard. I'd love him on my team. Mm-hmm. I'd love that type of character on me. Little Weasley shy that's thrown in boots. That's thrown in sneaky elbows. That roils up opposition and opposition fans. And then we've loads of them. Yeah. Would you see? Would you see the big? The big. Yeah. No. See, you do have it, but the big thing With is right, The big thing is when you look at like you know, uh, Liverpool get penalties, so then Liverpool stop getting penalties, so they go on to something else. Then it was VAR will sort them out, and VAR hasn't sorted them out. And now it's luck, and it's not really luck. And now, now people are going, yeah. oh well, well they're being they're being a bit heavy handed here, and it. Basically, basically, fans of other clubs have a problem with Liverpool because Liverpool have the audacity to stand up for themselves and go, no, we are the fucking best and we're going to show away the best. And we're not only the best of football, but mentally we're the best as a team. We're so strong. You know, no, you're not going to intimidate anyone on this team. It's like, it's a bit like the time Vieira tried to intimidate Gary Neville at Highbury. 
right? And, and, he, and he picks on him and he goes into the dressing room and it's something said and Keane comes out and says, who the fuck do you think you are? You know what I mean? And I'll show you out on this pitch now what's going on. And what happened? You know, he went out and won the game. A team of leaders, great to see, said Media 1980. It's absolutely spot on. Um, Milner is greater as well, says Owen. Uh, Avo says, I've been told the drop ball was the correct decision. He blew the whistle before the ball had gone out, and because he thought it was a fair tackle, it's a drop ball. No, the procedure yeah. is correct, Avo. The procedure is correct. The actual decision is far from correct. Um, yeah, the, the, that'd be if there was no contact. There was yeah. clearly contact ah, on yeah, that look, decision, it, it, but whether it was inside or outside, debatable. Oh, yeah. I thought personally it was on the line, it should have been a penalty, but the drop ball thing, yeah, okay, that's the, the new rule for VAR, but that's if there was no contact. Yeah, it was yeah. obviously contact. The decision, the decision, um, overrules, or the, or the actual happenings there overrules the decision because it's clear to see, you know. Um, look, it's, it's a brilliant achievement by Liverpool. Like, we're not, it's, just, I, be, just, yeah, go on, just look off the game only because he, he gets a lot of shit. Mm. Uh, but on the quiet, when Chamberlain went off on the quiet, I thought, uh, Lalana, who I, I've not always been a big fan of in midfield, mm-hmm. uh, I thought he did really well. I thought he I did thought as well. He, he did, he did he the did simple things really well, which is, he just kept the ball and kept it simple. Mm. And let, and basically, let the better lads do what they need to do and pick these moments to run. Because he know, he, look, we know he hasn't got the engine he used to have. Mm. So he, but he, I thought he picked his moments really well. So, you know, and I was pleased actually, because, you know, obviously he didn't get on the Champions League final. So he's actually gone on to this final, actually contributed more in the final. Yeah. So I thought he deserved a bit of a fair shout out because uh, everyone's very quick to jump on him. Mm. I think he's a good sub to bring on in games because he holds the ball up well, and you know you can give it to him and it'll, it'll stick to him nine times out of ten. You know, it's a, it's a good sub to bring in. Yeah, no, he is a good sub to bring in. I wouldn't. There's certain games I wouldn't bring him on in. I don't mind if we're two or three in the open. You want to bring him on and rest legs, and he can make an impact that way. I'm kind of on, I'm, I'm kind of at that stage with him, and it looks like he will leave the club at the end of the at the end of the season. And I think the Minamino signing, although people think he's a backup for Firmino, I think he's maybe more of a um, forward planning replacement for for Lallana. That's just my opinion. We'll have to wait and see. Megan reckons there should have been a free kick and a sending off. I agree with you. Um, let me see. Yeah, so look, it's it's an amazing achievement. It's the first time the club has ever done it. Um, we're walking around now as as European champions. We're look walking around as Super Cup champions, World Club Cup champions, and listen, we're, we're flying in the league. So I want to get on to that. So keep we're also the first club to win them three trophies back to back. Yeah, so look, it's 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 absolutely it's unreal, and the team have arrived back this evening, and hopefully a nice uh, couple of days recovery, and then we get. Love your propane grill? Well, life just got a little easier with Propane Taxi. Stop lugging that tank. Propane Taxi is a propane grill tank home delivery service. It's ridiculously easy and convenient. Just go online, choose a delivery date, and Propane Taxi delivers grill tanks straight to your door. You can exchange any brand of tank. And right now, new customers get their first tank exchange for $10 with promo code TANK10. That's $10 for your first tank exchange with promo code TANK10. Visit PropaneTaxi.com. No contact no commitment no problem going against Leicester so but Keith three games and you know me I like looking in blocks of games and I like trying to think what will happen and stuff like that I wasn't unhappy with City winning the other day I would have liked in a draw just to give them both a kick but I watched that and I thought Leicester were there to be got at I thought they were very one-dimensional, um, but the one-dimensional walk at times were just balls down the side of the city. City are so susceptible to pace, it's unbelievable. But looking at these games now, with Leicester away, it's Wolves at home, it's Sheffield United at home. People people are coming on there saying, look, uh, like Owen says there, very tough uh, next three now, Leicester, Wolves, uh, Sheffield United. Leicester is a big one. I don't know how much confidence has been knocked out of Leicester. The, the one with Wolves is, I think they play... I think they They've play... Got a- Two games of 48 hours, isn't Yeah, they have two games of 48 hours for Wolves. And Sheffield United, although they're doing quite well this season, they're promoted side, and you'd expect us to win. But Keith, going into this, what are you looking for? Are you looking for 9 out of 9? Are you thinking... Oh, uh, well, what are you looking for? Because looking for 9, yeah. I don't want to give a team a sniff here, to be honest with you. No, I certainly don't. I mean, I think the two home games... I'd be disgusted if he didn't get six points out of those two. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. we should be taking six of them. Leicester, I think... I agree. They were they were good on a run against teams they should beat Leicester, mm-hmm. and then they've coming up against City, and you know City's quality saw them through. And I know that was in the end he had mm-hmm. Leicester had the chances to get at them, fair enough. And the fact that this is going to be at um, the King Power, they'll feel a bit more confident. 
wait, someone said it could have been in the WhatsApp group, Gav, give them the ball. Just let them have it and see what they do because they want yep. to play on the break as well. The teams have done that to us for years. Mm-hmm. We, we counter-attack, there you go, there's the ball. Give it to Leicester. Let them see what he can do. You know what I mean? See, can they, and if we box clever, I think Shawnee said it, you know, as well. If we can box clever for the rest of this league season, no one's going to catch us once we keep our heads. And if that means going to Leicester and just saying, right, this is going to be a stinker. The only thing I'm worried about is whenever we went on a little warm weather break, we always stunk it out when we came back. Yeah, but we've played games on this one. And that's the difference. Yeah, we've played games, come back, we'll be a bit more hit the ground running. Mm. So, you know, I'd expect 9 out of 9, to be honest. Yeah, listen, I'd love 9 out I don't even think I'd be happy for 7, I think, 9, you know. <laughs> if we beat, I think if we beat Leicester, I think that should see Leicester's title challenge off, I would suggest. Well, they're currently 10 I, points behind us. We have a game in hand. I think sorry, if, we, if we get 13 with a game in hand, I, I'd fancy our odds then. Mm. Okay, to be honest, they, they'll be happy with top four. Like Leicester, I just—I mean, they're overachieving obviously this season, and their target will be reaching into that top four. But if we go as as you said there, because if we go thirteen ahead of them with a game in hand, it will stop the media sort of trying to claim Leicester as a challenger. You know what I mean? Yeah. The walls won't probably fell right for us because they've got to play City first. Uh, they got to play City at home first, mm-hmm. and then they've got us less than two days later. Mm-hmm. I do think at some point that's going to take a toll because. Liverpool. Do they, and they City play on the twenty seventh then? Do they? Yeah, they play City. With, uh, they they play City at home on the twenty seventh, mm. and then they play us at home uh, two days later. They play now, us on City. Them, yeah. yeah, what they goes on City do to teams, whether whether City play well or not, City make you run, mm. and City make you work, and to have two, um, so, and we do the same. To have that twice in forty eight hours, I don't care who you are. I think that's going to tell. Yeah, and I think again, I think he box clever. I think I think that could be one of those Anfield games where it's a nil-nil at half time, and I think your fitness takes you through in the in the, in the second half. Yeah. The actually, I would actually say the toughest. I would say Sheffield United is probably the toughest home game we've got because they still haven't lost a game yet uh, away from home. Yeah, it's an unbelievable record. Chemical Kev says smaller teams might look to uh, keep the goal difference down a bit like Rafa has done and, you know, torn up already beaten. Um, Kev says nine from nine here with a game in hand. That will finish City mentally. Um, they can get 90-plus points. No chance they're done, says Wacker. That's with regards to Leicester. Leicester aren't breaking 90 points, in my opinion. Uh, Stephen Mack, um, hand us over the league now. For fuck's sake, it's done. Uh, just he's, he's that confident. Owen says, game in Anfield, we dominated Kev Vardy very quiet. Somebody else says there you stop you stop Vardy and you stop Leicester. To be honest, I, I, I had both games on simultaneously yesterday and I just couldn't believe that Leicester sat back so much. Madison didn't get involved in the game. They didn't even try to get as a Harvey Barnes, they didn't get try to get him involved. They literally looked to win win balls around midfield off City's attack and just hit the sides. And they done it three times and you know, Vardy went skipped past Otamendi once and got into the box. He then skipped past um, Fernandinho down the side and scored. And then did another one as well where he went down the side. And it was literally... I was, one, I was going, he's literally their only attacker. And two, City down the side are just appalling. But, Chris, you know, Keith says there he'd love, he'd love nine from nine. Me trying to plot this, I'm, trying to, I'm thinking, I take, I take seven. And the reason I take seven is you go to Leicester after coming back from where you've been. You take your point. You go and you win your two home games. You're talking seven, so you're looking at, you know, you're looking at City being somewhere about nine points behind you, probably with a game in hand, presuming they win all theirs. You're looking at, you're looking at being ten ahead of Leicester at least with a game in hand of them. That puts them over. So you're probably looking at going into the new year if you include the game in hand as three points as a twelve point lead after twenty games. Is that something you're looking at? Or are you thinking no? Just make a big statement here. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm more looking at if we can get nine out of nine. Um, my th- my thing is I want us to still have in an ideal world a double point gap at the end of Jam because I think that's I think that's the I think that's our ridiculous tough run out the way because mm-hmm. I think our January is horrible you know United Tottenham I think we've got Wolves away mm-hmm. plus the FA Cup plus a potential another FA Cup fourth round if we get past the end mm-hmm. I think they're you know I think if you get to the end of Jan with a 10 point gap still with this game in hand I think the, the, re, the rearranged games not till February yeah. I think then you, that's when you start to it becomes a lot more real I would suggest yeah so are you taking seven or you, do you want nine I want nine. Okay, all right. Well, but you, I, but you, I always, I always want the big numbers. I know you both want nine. I think I'd settle for seven uh, because do you know something? 
I get the feeling that if we take seven, I can't see any of the other two taking nine. Well, they can't because Leicester have to play us. And I just can't see City taking nine either. I know they've improved and, you know, they, they have improved. They got beaten by United and I watched United today and my Jesus, they are fucking awful. But well, United, are, United are like us a few years ago though. They are set up perfectly for a top six side who comes at them. Yeah. They're not, they're not, but then when the, when people's team sits still go, go on then, break us down. Mm. They haven't got, now, admittedly, I know he's, uh, they've got Pompa coming back now. I think that's probably what they need. They probably need some sort of flair in the midfield, in midfield, which they ain't get, you ain't getting from McTominay and that. You know, the, the good pros, but they ain't they ain't got that sort of flair. Um, trust me, City have got. Yeah, I mean, to us, City's three games that we play are pretty similar. From the looks of it, Wolves yeah. have always been a bit of a sticky wicket for City, but you know, I wouldn't yeah. be surprised to see Wolves got something out of that. It would probably the all depend the way also. they're going to try to do this because they, they, they'll play on the 20, they don't play on obviously the 26th, they're going to play on the 27th. They could put everything they have into that as a home game in front of their own fans. They don't want to come out with a, a week inside. But then looking and turning and going, well look, we put everything into that. We've more important games coming up. We're going to Anfield. We played a, a really, really tough game, win, lose or draw. And we're going to Liverpool now and we probably do have to shuffle the pack a little bit. And although Wolves have improved and been brilliant last season and improved as this season's gone on, I still think their squad is quite light. I don't think they made enough signings to sort themselves out with regards to the Europa League. They've got into a nice run um, with the Europa League and the league. They found their feet, but this is a really tough period. So it might fall for us in that sense where they put everything in against City. If they were away against City and home against us, it could have been reversed, where they go with the City and say, listen, see what happens, but we're going to put everything on the pitch at home over the over the Christmas period against Liverpool. You know, you don't yeah. you don't want to go out in front of your own your own supporters and nearly give the game up by by using your squad. Um it, listen, if anybody if sorry Chris for once if any if anybody's watching this on YouTube, please hit the like button. Um please follow us, please subscribe, hit the bell icon, you know all that sort of stuff. All the all the likes help because apparently someone's told me that if people like this video on YouTube it gets shown to more people and suggested to more people and we get more Liverpool fans in here and we get talking. If you're on Twitter, share it onto your timeline as well and again we get more people on here and talking because to be honest with you the, the comments are brilliant and the they probably throw up most of the um topics to talk about as the, as the time goes on. We have about 10 minutes I'd say left so if you have any random questions whether that be football random football questions just random questions for life um if you have an opinion on really hard easter eggs and should they be allowed on football grounds um anything like that you can absolutely throw them at us i'm people probably watching for the first i'm wondering what's going on there but does does a method to me madness um let me see let me see Stephen max says all a in pep out club 2024 he's just delighted Stephen, uh, Stephen is one of the most optimistic people i know coupled with christmas it's just off the scales uh let me see uh, if we get a draw at city at the etihad we win the league uh, says wacker in his opinion uh, Stephen o'connor says Klopp has has had to make changes to manage the busy christmas period i think we're going to prove even more from this point minamino is a huge plus uh, keith minamino i'm not i had you on last week we were talking about him i think sean you and pete were on at the same time but just looking at the way the squad is, is shaping up you know oxide chamber might be an issue now is he a, do, you, do you reckon he could be a massive boost? I know it takes time for players to come in and, and hit the ground running, but with a team in such good form, could he be something that just comes in and just he's, 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 he just wings it for six months and finds out this is fucking brilliant? Could it be one of those? Yeah. Is there a better time to bring a player in like that, Gav? You know what I mean? Mm. You bring in a player like coming in from the Austrian league, not a top league, uh, Japanese player, might take a bit of time to settle in. But if you're winning the league, you're winning games... You can throw him in here and there. The pressure isn't on. You know, seven million euro sign, a seven million pound signing. Not exactly a pressure of a price tag or that. Like it's, absolutely, it's a no lose transfer. And I think he'll come into the team. I said it to that night. You know, we can play so many different positions. You know, we can plug him in. You know, it's not like he's a centre forward. Right, put him in. He doesn't score after two games. He's under pressure. You can put him anywhere. Oxley chamberlain is out, no problem. We've got Kate stepped up to the hockey there at the moment, and we've Minamino that can come in. Do you know, it's a great time. For so many years, we haven't, you know, you've been trying to force players in to get a bit of magic out of this fella. You drop him in and what'll be, will be. If it doesn't work out, sure it doesn't work out. He'll be there for next season. Do you know what I mean? Mm. 
the no, pressure doesn't so little pressure on him. It's a great time to throw a player in. Yeah, not used know, to this as a Liverpool fan, you know. Yeah, what? and and the thing is, like, if we if we do go through these couple of games, there was seven or nine points, and we do turn the new year into the new year, and we're looking at probably say between a nine. 10 point lead or whatever with a game in hand possibly we're not bringing in a player scratching looking for for solutions to anything we're just strengthening and I think that's a massive thing if he comes in there and the squad is still buzzing flying so confident it's it's huge for him to come in and go this is easy rather than coming in with a bit of weight on his shoulders which I don't think he will um, somebody says there uh, Grizz said that we are getting Sancho it looks like Chelsea are getting him for 120 million so John I, um, I, 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 I don't know if Grizz I don't know if Grizz said we are getting Sancho I think he we're interested I, I think he said we are very interested I think the interest may go out the window of 120 million is the number uh, media says uh, let Chelsea have not worked that much Klopp will be targeting better uh, Northred says he plays the Everton for me off the bench uh, that's Minamino of course um, what do you think of the Arsenal fan TV situation says own two people have asked about that um, I've seen those videos um, I saw the I saw the resp- you see the response video for uh, Robbie Lyle I haven't seen the response video so you've seen more than me so I give you the floor go yeah uh, from what I understand from Robbie Lyle's point of view was it was about 15 20 fellas who seemed to be um just wanted to start this chance of get Arsenal out of our club. They wanted to start a little bit of a, a little bit of a, a fight before before they did the fan camps, mm-hmm. and then they all disappeared very quickly. Mm-hmm. Um, so it did seem a little bit like a couple of lads that just wanted to pre-rehearse. Yeah, they're trying to make, trying to make a name for themselves on the mm-hmm. back of Arsenal fan TV because you know they are what they are. You know we all watch it. I watch it. You know only when Arsenal lose, but you know it, it is funny. Mm-hmm. But I think it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's an, but it's also I think it's an element of jealousy because they've done well out of it. You know, at the end of the day, you know it's popular. Mm. You know, so it it is what it is. But unfortunately, whenever you're popular, you do get this side of things. I think it's just a little bit. Of, it felt like a. Um, it felt like how can I put it? I felt it felt like something the media been dying for because they don't like this fan channel stuff. They certainly don't no. like our stuff on TV. So the 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 story of fans are turning on Arsenal fan TV, it just makes great copy, as they say. Yeah. So The fact that TalkSport are going in on them as well, like TalkSport have some neck because their whole thing is just getting fans to phone in and talk shy so they can make, make a laugh at them, you know what I mean? They're no well, different than Arsenal I mean, fan TV. But they do it actively, whereas Arsenal fan TV, as you said there, Chris, We'll all tune in when they lose because you know they're going to have a meltdown. Uh, yeah, well, who tunes see, in if they're winning? Do you know what I mean? They do a lot of stuff on that, but no one watches it when they No, no one watches it, no. Uh, but also, as uh, a few like the Redmond TV guys who've worked before said, like, they do have lots of different people on. It's that, no, and it's, it's the wave society. No one gives a shit when someone's positive or tries to put a positive spin in it. You want to see some fella, everyone wants to see some fella lose his head. And that's yeah. just, that's more human society. That's the way people are today. Yeah, no, there's, there's plenty of stuff coming in here. Like, um, Jono says, I don't get the hate for Arsenal fan TV. People saying that are negative, but, um, what is there to be positive about with Arsenal? I think it's a very fair point. Kevin Sullivan it says, is. the AFTV stuff is, is harsh. They gave fans a forum. If they were successful as a club, they wouldn't be as popular. You, look, Arsenal fan TV. <laughs> Right, and we all joke about it. We no, but we all joke about it. We all go on about it. And look, as soon as the final whistle goes in the Arsenal game, and they've lost, you're kind of going Arsenal fan TV straight on it YouTube. But, and listen, they're, they're an extremely. They are popular. They have to be. I mean, they look like they're. They are. They're popular and successful. There's no two ways about it. But for me, and look, who am I to give them advice? I, I, I'm nobody to give them advice. But for me, just looking from the outside in, uh, the layman, I suppose, and a, and a support of another club, they've got into a succession of negative negativity. And what I mean by that is everything is negative. Like even the name of it. It wasn't called Arsenal Fan TV. It was called Arsenal TV, wasn't it? They had to change the name. Am I right? I believe so, yeah. Yeah, okay. So that, that was a negative thing that came across. Um, they have had Robbie on, um, talk sport, like Keith says, that they can come across great. They're outside the ground that they have three or four lads that are there constantly. And it comes across to me as pre-rehearsed negativity. That's just the way it is. Now, obviously, these lads figure on Arsenal fan TV. I know there's one guy that had a row with Mark Goldbridge and stuff like that. But for me, what I would do is I'd step away from that 
outside the ground stuff because you can be susceptible to pre-rehearsed 20 guys going, listen, we know they're going to be outside, you know, everything's ground after this. We'll go up and start to chant and a few people will join in and it'll go viral. They'd be better off walking away and going, listen, we're meeting in this pub 20 minutes, half an hour after the game in a quiet corner. We do our video. Still people will watch. You're still giving the same opinion. You're just not leaving yourself susceptible to that sort of thing. And the, the, the trail of negativity that they've got themselves on, I think they need to get off it. Although trying to be positive as an Arsenal fan is a very hard thing to yeah. do. Maybe our tether changes that. But for me, just looking from the outside in, like we do podcasts every day of the week and we're quite positive. And we can be negative over things. But when you get into that, it's a rut they're in. And yeah. the team aren't helping them out. They probably need to help themselves over by doing something slightly different yeah. and not leaving themselves that open. That's just the problem control. they have. It's the whole club. It's the top. You know what I mean? It's the owner. It's the directors. The people who are running it. Like everything about Arsenal is just toxic at the moment. Uh, okay, but just three doing this under the Hodgson era. Mm. Yeah. yeah. We, you say it, it, I don't care how positive you are. No one could have been positive in that period, and it would have been. Who's going to rant first? Mm. So there is also, I mean, the thing I don't buy with Arsenal fan TV, and I think it's crap, which is they're the reason why there's, there's pressure in the managers. It is utter bollocks. Yeah. The, the reason there is pressure on Umbre Emery was he couldn't win a fucking game. The reason there was pressure on, on Wenger was he was there for 20 years. He never won a European competition despite getting it every year. And the last 10 years of his reign, yes, he got some FA Cups, which is, you know, I'm not mocking it. You know, he won them. But they were nowhere near the league. Which is what they wanted to be, mm. as what they were collect, what they were sold the Emirates as. This will make us compete with Man United, compete with cities, and it didn't. So you yeah. can't then blame them for going. Well, they're all negative. They're not. They're not happy about it. Well, you know, it's like it's like you know, it's like us. You know, if you grew up in the eighties, um, where Liverpool were brilliant, you were used to Liverpool winning things. So anything now is crap. Yeah, you Which... know, this is why this is why now it's <clears> like a, a brilliant situation for us. We're like. This is eight. Yeah, Every but, time we go to a game, we're going to win. They go to a game. Every time I watch an Arsenal game, I keep thinking like, oh, they're playing Watford at home. Oh, it might be a 3-2 Arsenal. I'm not sure though. You know, you don't go into any Arsenal game thinking they're going to win. No. There's not, I was going to say, there's not a team in the league that you'd say, oh, geez, Arsenal will bounce off them. Now, every one of them are like, geez, they could get something there. And that's a terrible state. We were like that. And that has nothing to do, yeah. that has nothing to do. Like, that's, somebody, 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 um, on the chat there, it's gone off my screen, but I remember what he said. He says, it was called Arsenal Fan TV. They had to change the name to AFTV, obviously, because, Using the name Arsenal in the title probably had something to do with that. Somebody else says Robbie is probably a millionaire off this, um, so I don't think could, he'd be t- on. too bothered. Good on it. Yeah, no, yeah. if he is, he absolutely is. Like, like, I don't think, I think they are, in fairness to them, I think they watch games, and some of it is sensationalist, and it does to get viewers, like, and don't get me wrong, I see people, like, let me put it this way, I've said it a long time, Mark Goldbridge is a genius, right? Because Mark Goldbridge has come along and he said, what he's done is he's gone, I'm going to go over the top here. And if you actually listen to what he says, he makes a hell of a lot of sense. But the way he does it, sensationalizes things and he gets it right. Now, I've seen people that fought, that, that would be Liverpool-based um, and other clubs-based and they try mimic, I suppose, what Mark Goldbridge does and try to be yeah. sensationalist and try to be... They're, they're fucking idiots, to be perfectly honest with you. I don't do that. I'll come on here and I'll talk to you and if you have an opinion, you have an opinion. I'm not in this to make money or anything else. I'm not sensationalist in any way, right? Um, it's just not in me. I, 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 What way can I put it? I, I, I wouldn't feel it's the true me if i done that. That's the way I put it, right? Um, maybe it's the, these people are, are. That is the true them. Maybe is that is Mark Goldbridge. I don't believe it is. But when it comes to Arsenal fan TV, it's very easy to look at it and go, this looks rehearsed now as being negative, 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 because this gets them numbers. Now, don't get me wrong. I'd be interested to see if Arteta went on a 6-7-8 game win and run, okay? And then watch the videos and see what the numbers are like and go, do you know what? they just well supported. And the, yeah. the positivity is actually working for them as well. Um, Leo Beck says Arsenal fans are like spoiled brats. If you watch some of the stuff, listen to spoiled brats amongst every fan base, let's be honest with you. Yeah. Um, Northred says, no, he is a millionaire. Fact. Um, so there you go. Uh, let me see. Dave, I can't read out that comment. <laughs> Sorry, I can't read out that comment. Uh, Dylan O'Rourke asks, getting back to the football, um, Dylan O'Rourke says, and may you hear his reckons that Jordan Henderson is the worst Champions League winning captain in oh. 20 years. What's your opinion? Oh, Jordan, oh, Jordan. 
Jordan. Glad we can talk about Jordan. Uh, who's, who's, who said Hensel's no, the No, D- D- Dylan O'Rourke said a friend of his thinks... Um, Get a new friend, Dylan. Yeah, ghost him. <laughs> yeah, ghost him. This, oh, this, I, I, it bores me. It so bores me. Oh, he's the worst captain. Oh, he's, Jordan Henderson's biggest problem is, is, unfortunately, he had to follow Steven Gerrard. And I don't know what it is, but people just got it in their head that he's shit. But it's utter bollocks. Because all I keep hearing is, this is the best Liverpool side we've seen since the early 80s. Mm-hmm. This, the, this side wins European Cup. This side mm-hmm. is in title challenge. This side is going to be a title challenge for the next couple of years. Mm. He plays every fucking week. Mm. Yeah. If he plays if every... it's a big game, you can be guaranteed he's in that team. Yeah. Guaranteed. So if he everyone tells me Cop's brilliant. The coaches that's brilliant. The club's fantastic. Everyone knows what they're doing. But the captain's shit. Mm. I'm sorry, it doesn't work like that. If he's shit, he doesn't get picked. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's, it's the usual... First of all, the general shit, sorry, I, I don't know me always around, but it's the usual... You're not picking my favourite player, so I've got to pick someone I hate and just tell him he's shit. Despite the fact he keeps winning everything. He, I don't care what these said tell him. He was man of the match in the last final. Mm. You know, uh, to me, he was the best, he was, he was what, he was doing what a captain should do. Filling in in positions where people are injured, closing people down, driving the team on, keeping his, sticking up for his teammates, and setting up crucial passes for, for winning goals. I'm not sure what else you want from a captain. Mm. You know, and he's not Steven, he's not there, Steven, Chris. Exactly. That's what I was just about to say. He's not Steven Gerrard. And Steven Gerrard was a totally different player. He was a yeah. take about the scruff for the neck. Get the, not get the glory, but you know, if he, he'd do it all himself if he had to. Whereas Henderson sacrifices himself every game. He sacrifice, sacrifice, sacrifice. He plugs in gaps. If Trent is going forward, it's Hendo that's covering. If Salah is staying up front, it's Hendo that's saying to him, look, you stay up there. And the, the amount of donkey work that he does that doesn't get appreciated by, by the idiots that are watching, watching it and criticizing him, it, it's crazy. Like if Jürgen Klopp thinks he's his captain and he's his, his fourth choice in midfield, I tell you, that's good enough for me. Hmm. Yeah. Like, for me, and I've openly said it, I'm a, I'm a big fan of Jordan Henderson, right? For a number of reasons. He's extremely young when he comes to Liverpool. I think he's, is he 20 years of age when he comes to Liverpool? Maybe 21? Somewhere, is he? Around that, yeah. Yeah, around that, yeah. He joins in 2011, am I right? Yeah, um, yeah. He's okay. Kenny's first. <clears throat> yeah, so he's in around there, right? So he's, he's probably 21, 22 years of age, somewhere around there, right? He comes from his boyhood club, which is Sunderland, into a massive club. He, like, massive club, um, even where we were at the time. He... He does his best. He's pushed out on the right wing. He does his best. Rogers comes in, basically tells him he doesn't want him, um, tries to get Clint Dempsey. Henderson says no, walks his way in, gets into the team. He's a massive miss for us in 2013-14 when he gets sent off against City. Like, a massive miss for us, okay? He ends up becoming captain of the club under the same manager that tried to get rid of him for Clint Dempsey, right? Um, Gerard is more than happy for him to be captain because look at what he's done. Now, don't get me wrong, I'm not telling you that Jordan Henderson plays well every week for Liverpool, week in, week out, week in, week out. But I can tell you one thing, Jordan Henderson tries his absolute best for Liverpool every time. every In every facet of his life, I'd say he does his absolute best for Liverpool Football Club. Now, I watched that game yesterday and I thought he was brilliant. Like Keith said, I've watched him in games where he just sacrifices himself so much. I sat at Anfield at the start of the season and Jordan Henderson literally played the game for Mo Salah. For the whole fucking game, right? And I walked out of the ground going, Jesus, people really don't get this, what he's doing. Now, I seen people online yesterday going, well, look, it's just a case of he's there at the moment and Klopp will replace him when when he gets the chance. He's just replaced other players that were needed replacing quicker. Like, this is the sort of stuff you're coming up with. Jordan Henderson is the Liverpool captain, right? He's the club captain. And when we're the, when we are, when we win this league, which I believe, fully believe we will, he will go down as one of the best captains that Liverpool's ever seen, simply because oh, yeah. he will be walking around going, first player to lead Liverpool to a title in 30 years, European Cup champion, Super Cup champion, World Club Cup champion, which no other Liverpool captain has ever done. It's This needs to stop, and you can't walk around going, and we bleed and grey, but I'd love to see Jordan Henderson now. Appreciate the man yeah. for what he is. And listen, I'll argue about Jordan Henderson all day, and... I've called him out when he's played poor, but to turn that's around, exactly, to turn around after games where we've won and said, well, you know, if we had fucking, I don't know, name a, name player X and put him in there, we would have won by more. What are you talking about? 
You know what I mean? And that's it, like, you can criticise when they deserve to be criticised. That's fair enough. But if you're you're going to be critical of a player, have a valid reason for being critical. Back up your opinion, you know what Mm. I mean? Don't just say, oh, he's shit. Uh, Kevin De Bruyne, it'd be better. Like, don't. Nonsense. Do you know what I mean? Like, he does the job that he's told to do. Mm. No matter what position he's playing or what role he's given, he does it to the the letter that Klopp tells Mm. him. Yeah. Don't get me wrong, Kevin De Bruyne as a footballer is a better footballer than Jordan Henderson. Oh, yeah, right? overall. But what, I'm, what I am saying plays is. Plays a different role, plays a different role, though. 100%. If you ask Kevin De Bruyne to come into this Liverpool side and say, Kev, listen, I don't want you flying forward, lashing in crosses, shoot, shooting, um, breaking lines. I want you to literally hang around this area, let Mo Salah go and do his thing, and I need you to be the first man back if we get caught in the break. Kevin yeah, De Bruyne is. Cover the right back there, Kev. He's not cover going to do it. Do you know what I mean? No, he's not. Uh, I mean, that's. Uh, I mean, I'll, I'll give him a shout. Uh, Adam Smith, who's uh, of Anfield Rap, contributor. Mm-hmm. Uh, he wrote a great article on it, and what he says is this: is like most Henson fans. Like, I'm a Henson fan, so is Gav. But the difference between Henson fans and the anti-Henson lot is Henson fans will say this is what he's good at, but when he has a shitter, and look, we, you, me, and Gav all said at the beginning of the season he was having a couple of shit games. We mm-hmm. all said he probably should. Be, he, he needs to be dropped for a couple of games. Mm-hmm. He's having a shit time. We'll openly say he needs to be dropped sometimes when he's having a shit time because mm. you know what? All players have it. I've seen but I've seen Stephen he- Gerrard have many a poor game. Jamie Carragher have many a poor game. Fernando what Torres, pe- Suarez, you name them. And I've seen them yeah. all play poorly. Yeah. No. What people forget about Gerrard is, and it's like sacrilege to say this now because um, he is a legend at Liverpool, but it, there was a time, and I can remember the game when Mascherano got sent off against United. Yeah. All right, all right, United. Okay. There was loads and loads of shit about Gerard because it first to Gerard, he didn't do what he, he, the way he captained wasn't like at the end of the season where he would get in people's faces, he would have a go at the ref. He didn't do that in his early days as captain. He was quite quiet and basically, Bashanaro got himself said he got a bit bullied into getting out. Gerard didn't do anything. He was very quiet and there was loads of shouts at that time was give it to Carragher. Mm. Now people forget that now because he went to have the career he didn't, he's a brilliant player and you know, he was, he's arguably one of Liverpool's greatest ever captains. Mm. But you know what? All players go for shit, po- shit points. I just don't get this, and this is the world we're in. You, it's black and white. Either He's either great or he's shit. Mm. He can't just go, well, he is what he is. He, every player has their benefits. There are players in the Liverpool squad that aren't my cup of tea, but they have their benefits. And when they, you know, I've already shouted out Lalana, I've shouted out Lovren. You know, they're not always my cup of tea. Mm-hmm. You know, I've openly admitted and you know, I've had egg, Matic put egg on my face last year. Because mm-hmm. I said, I said Matic was crap. I didn't, I said he got bullied easily. I don't know why we pick him. As soon as he got a run of games, do you know what? You were like, Chapstick fan. I was like, well, hands up. Yeah. No, like, lads, 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 brilliant. They're not letting you know. us down. They're no, not letting us down. Nobody's letting no, us down. Nobody's letting us nope. down, and so I come across people where I think, you know what, you'd like us to lose, so just like can turn around and say, oh, well, I told you, that. didn't I? Like, JJ Babb says there, um, do what, uh, do wanted Hender out for a long time, but I take my hat off, he's converted me, and people pick on him first. David says, yeah, but De Bruyne is not that type of player, so in my opinion, that's not a fair comparison. Kevin De Bruyne plays in the A for Manchester City. He plays in one of those positions in midfield for Manchester City. And so does Jordan Henderson. Henderson. So does Jordan Henderson. Jordan Henderson plays it a certain way, and Kevin De Bruyne plays it a certain way. But would I put Henderson in Man City's team to do what De Bruyne does? No. Would I put De Bruyne in Liverpool's side to do what Henderson does? No. Would I like to see them both in the same team? Absolutely. Um, oh, yeah. But look, before we And go, that's why I wasn't trying to compare saying Henderson was better than De Bruyne, no. but that's the sort of stuff you get from the Henderson El Brigade. Yeah. Or Kevin De Bruyne, get Kevin De Bruyne, get. Uh, Christian Eriksen get, you know, name mm-hmm. any number of players. There's a, a list as long as you're armed that they want her to play some. Yeah. But yeah, he's in there all the time doing the business. Yeah, um, Leo Back mentions Marco Grew, which is another player who deserves a chance next season. Gonna chat about him in January, actually. Uh, Kev O'Sullivan says we have a 24 man squad and not one single player, uh, complains about not playing. That's unheard of. That never happens anywhere. Last question of the night from Dylan O'Rourke. In light of your night on the gargle on Friday night, Gav, uh, what is your go-to mm. recovery meal after a piss-up? So basically, instead of, you can have, you can have something on the way home from the pub or you can have something the next day that Put you back on track, and it's really good. I suppose this is a. I suppose this is. We're serving the community here. We're helping out the community. I suppose yeah. by by putting this forward because people are going to have drink over the Christmas, and they're going to need recovery. So, uh, Chris, I let you go first. What is your meal of recovery, whether on the night or whether the next day? Right, it depends where I'm going. If I'm out in Liverpool, um, at the end of the night, we always go for an Indian. 
Mm-hmm. That would be no good for you, Gav. Never had one. <laughs> we'll have to correct that. Uh, I, I actually quite enjoy full English the next day. It tends to soak it all up. Mm-hmm. The key for me, I've always found, is have two pints of water before you go to bed. Mm-hmm. Okay, that's really um, really good advice, actually, as well. You see, we're, we're serving the community here. Keith, um, you're out on it for the night. You're on the way home. You can have something, or you can have something the next day. What are you going for? Multitasking. Big manky Chinese. Yeah. Leave half of it for me breakfast the next morning. Oh, that's, that's oh, a show. Man. It's a show. Yep. The show. Uh, Chemical Kev says <laughs> bacon sandwiches with potato waffles instead of bread. I'd have a go at that. I'd, I'd have, have a go, go at that. that. Yeah, I'd absolutely would, yeah. yeah. Uh, Stephen Mack has a full fry up the next morning. Um, let me see. JJ says, how can we criticise these players just enjoy? Avo says, would De Bruyne uh, play the ball to Sadio yesterday? No, because he plays for City and they're not world champions and we are. Very good. <laughs> I like that. <laughs> Kevin Sullivan says, breakfast roll, sausage, egg, bacon, black pudding and mushrooms with brown sauce. Uh, I'm Megan, into, uh, uh, black pudding. Black pudding's amazing. Um, That's me- fucking vile. Oh, no, it's, it's amazing. It's fucking vile. It's fucking vile. Not, not in Ireland, it's not. It's amazing. Uh, no. uh, Megan McCallion says curry chips and cheese with taco. She's oh, fitting them all in there. That's a new one. Hell, I, need to, I need to bring a defibrillator to the pub with me if, if I fucking <laughs> was getting that in the way on. Uh, but, <laughs> but look, lads, um, that's it. We're going to leave it at that. I think we're about an hour. We're, we're, we're messing now at this stage. That's been the Fatback 4 Daily for your Sunday night. It's our last Fatback 4 Daily before Christmas, so I want to wish everybody a really happy Christmas. Enjoy it. Have a few drinks if you, if that's what you like to do. Um, look, spend time with your family. Have a great time if you're off work and absolutely enjoy it. And, um, look, the club will be recorded tomorrow night. That'll be out for you tomorrow night. I will be back hopefully on the 26th after the Leicester game. We will be back after the Wolves game. We'll be back after the Sheffield United game. And then we get back to some sort of normality with the show going forward. Uh, Chris, thanks a million for joining us. No, thanks, thanks for having us, mate. Have a good Christmas, everyone. Yeah, you too. Keith, yeah, thanks a million for joining us, and I will speak to you tomorrow night because we're back on together again. You will indeed. Happy Christmas to everyone. Good stuff. That's been it. That's us. Have a great Christmas. Enjoy and listen. The world champions up the Reds. Warning. This product contains nicotine. Nicotine is an addictive chemical. Because there's only one you, Views Alto is the vape as unique as you are. With Views by You, you can make your unique mix with any of seven colors, three flavors, three nicotine levels, and infinite wrap designs. So how will you do you? Make Views Alto a vape that is yours in store now. Discover more at Views.com. Views. Charge beyond. Vapor products. Underage sale prohibited. Website and offers restricted to age 21 and over tobacco consumers. Time to fire up the grill. Time to go to Total Wine and find the perfect flavor to pair with those burgers. Ooh, I love their beer cooler. <laughs> you love their prices even more. Wondrous selection, helpful guides, ridiculously low prices. Total Wine and more. Sports Social Podcast Network.